0: Welcome to it. Happy Monday, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive. Did you have a great weekend? You know, all one day of it. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think so. It was pretty good. You think so? Okay. Well, the good news is, is that all that pork that we talked about on Friday Mm-hmm. Yeah, they passed it. Good stuff. In the house. Yeah, oh, they, they passed it. Yeah. How wonderful. Yeah, that's great. Although they that's didn't great. get, yeah, they, they didn't get, we'll talk about those $1,400 checks that you're going to get it as an American citizen here in just a minute. But they didn't get the $15 an hour, though. That part they didn't get. The, the minimum wage, you know, the, the $15 an hour minimum wage, they did not get that. I guess the struggle continues, right? We're, we're going to have to wait till we can pay workers a living wage, Right. Right, yeah, because
1: they don't they don't make enough money on minimum wage to survive. So you know we 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 have
0: to raise that. Well, I mean let's I mean let's stop and think about what minimum wage is, right? Those are entry level jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Entry level Mm -hmm. jobs. I had one. You had one, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of people have had them because it's a starting point. You're not meant to work a minimum wage job till you're sixty. You're meant to go in, get some experience and move on to the next thing. Work a work a job, a little bit of part time or whatever it is while you're working your way through getting an education, having a little bit of money to pay for classes and a little bit of food, pay for your car insurance and then, you know, the, the car insurance for the car that's actually cost less than the insurance does. And then you get yourself a better job later down the line that pays more.
1: I actually made almost twice minimum wage for my first job, so I
0: I, I did too because I had commission. I was a sales job. I worked at Radio Shack. I was paid on commission, so I I had I had minimum wage, or not? It wasn't minimum wage. It was actually more than that. It was actually at the time minimum wage was five fifteen, I think, Mm -hmm. and I was making seven. No, I was making six twenty five, so more than a dollar. More than that, so an extra forty a week. Plus, I was making commissions, and also they gave out these things called spiffs, right? Spiffs, F S P I F F spiffs. So if you sold a particular product, right, and those would change every month, right? This was the company thing, and this was done with the companies and the products. So if you sold a particular product, say like an RCA product, which we sold TVs at the time, or a certain telephone, rather it was a uh, a cellular phone, a mobile uh, mobile phone, any of these things. And of course, the digital phone market was just starting to come in with Sprint PCS, if you remember all those, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah, those. If you sold some of those, if you sold a specific type of phone, then you got a different one. I mean, some of those would go all the way up to like 50 bucks. So or if you sold a computer, you'd get 50 extra dollars, you know, and that that was tax free. They couldn't tax that money. That was a direct cash payment to you. Obviously it would come in your paycheck, but that that particular part of the paycheck wouldn't be taxable. They, they wouldn't be able to touch it. So that part was great. I, I like that part. So I actually made and on top of that, I, I actually made quite a bit of money for my first job. And on top of that, I had think about this. This is unheard of today. I had a part time job in high school up through college. I had a part time job. And I had health insurance. I had eighty twenty health insurance, if you can believe it. That's yeah, unheard of now thanks to uh, Obamacare. Well my point is is that they're making it sound like oh, $15 an hour, this is you know, this is the be all end all and this is what we've got to pay everybody everything. It's like, well wait a minute we had all of these things. We we had all of these things, but you had to go out and you had to work for it. I was 16 years old. When I got that job, I was 16 years old. I remember I went to the interview for that job after I got out of school. After the last bell rang, I had to scramble to put a shirt and tie on and some black slacks to go to that interview. And when I went to that interview, I, I had to sit there for like three hours and I still had homework to do after that. So I had to go through, you know, we're sitting here, we're kind of we're smiling and laughing about this Mm. because people, you don't know how good you could have it if you just fight for what you need to fight for rather than what they tell you to fight for. There's the difference. There's the difference. You have to understand what it's worth to you, not what they tell you it's worth there's the disconnect. The state's not going to give you something, nor should they give you something. It's about what you want and what you should demand, but not when it coincides with what the state wants to give you. That's the same message here. There's not a contradictory message. You notice that? See, they're selling you, oh, we need $15 an hour, we need $15 an hour, and then you get the crowds out there working the minimum wage job saying, well, we're fighting for $15, and the state is championing that. No, 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 no. What you need to do is you need to champion for a more free market system that allows you to have these extra things that a company will be incentivized and be able to, within the free market system, to compete with another company to keep you as an employee. That's the key. But see, they don't tell you that, do they?
1: No. No, see it's these evil corporations, you see. These evil corporations are the ones that are not paying um their employees a livable wage because they want to keep their profit margins high. And they fail to tell you the government gets in the way with regulations, taxes, those sorts of things and stifle competition at the behest of the lobbyist for the company, you know, for the big company, right? So you have a Uh, Coca Cola, or you have a Microsoft, or you have a you know whatever uh, Google going in lobbying for a regulation that would stifle the up and comings that would be competition to them, or they would just buy up the company, you know, and uh, any of the competition. So we just really we need to get we need to get government out of the way, uh, quit with these stupid regulations and allow the competition to come up and and challenge these guys.
0: You know, that was the other thing I hated about that job. I I felt like I was always in competition because you were, right? It was a cutthroat thing. If you wanted, I mean, you could go out and you could make the money, but you had to earn it, right? You had to work for it. Oh, yes, you'd get paid your $6.25 an hour and you'd have your health insurance and all that stuff. But who really wants... Six dollars and twenty-five cents an hour, right? Who really wants seven dollars and twenty-five cents an hour? Who really wants that? If you have an incentive, I'm just talking about like a sales job or something here, right? I mean, that's that's where I started. I, I don't know about everybody else, but that's where I started. I didn't want to go into the food service business. I didn't want to do that. You know, the McDonald's or working in a restaurant or cafeteria. Believe me, my great grandfather ran a restaurant, came over from Europe, ran a restaurant. That restaurant, I mean Granted, it was a great restaurant. It's very popular. But let's just say that after what I saw, what it did, and in ways it was a blessing to the family because if they didn't have that restaurant during the time of the Depression, the family probably would have starved to death and I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. But in other ways, the amount of work that it is to be in the restaurant business is extremely taxing, extremely taxing. And uh, that's not something that I wanted to do. That, that wasn't something that I that I wanted to, uh, to go through. So I thought, OK, I'll try something else. There's got to be another company out there. And uh, I found a job with another company. Of course, the company doesn't exist anymore. But nonetheless, it was something that actually taught me something. It, it taught me something. I think something. there's it's- actually there's actually like one or two stores left still. Yeah. For that company. Yeah. OK. Uh, yeah. Well, and to be to be fair, that really wasn't my first job. That wasn't my first job. Not my first tax paying job. My first tax paying job came at 13 years old, 13 years old. And you know what I was doing? I had a paper route. Yes, I had a paper route. A lot of kids, you know, we had paper routes and that's what it mm-hmm. was. Right? That's what it was. We would deliver the newspapers after uh, after like four o'clock or whatever it was. I was paid by the paper How many people would buy a paper. That's how much I would get paid. And then, of course, I'd get paid by however many I delivered that day. That really came with it. But even before that, it was doing yard work and farm work and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that oh, stuff. Yeah. I mean, that taught you, right? That that taught you how to do all that. Yeah, but, but that um, wasn't a taxable work. No, that wasn't was a taxable thing. You, you'd be lucky to get a good meal out of it at the end of the day. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, I mean, well, hey, you wouldn't complain about that today, right? With all this artificial garbage that they're feeding us. Yeah. You wouldn't complain about that. Yeah. I, I was fortunate enough that my parents did an
1: allowance. You you had your chores you had to do, and they gave me an allowance in the beginning. Oh, Bruce, you were one of those
0: privileged kids, yeah, I, an allowance. Listen to you, yeah. I didn't have an allowance. I didn't yeah, have an, I didn't I have, an have anything. When I asked my parents for five bucks after I got done cutting the lawn, they'd say, huh, that's your responsibility. That's not something you should yeah. get paid for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, my
1: first job was, I think I was 16 or 17, somewhere in there. I was still in school, carpet cleaning carpet cleaning cleaning up after fires floods you know that that uh, yeah, it was a lot of work a lot of a lot of flood jobs uh you know uh, that was that was a lot of fun it, the pay was pretty good for for that time period i made nine and a quarter nine fifty something something like that
0: that is pretty which good. was that's pretty, pretty good, good money for a first job yeah that's that's pretty good it's hard work though can you imagine though our first jobs getting paid fifteen dollars an hour i would have been a rich man well, yes and no, uh, because if it
1: if the starting is fifteen dollars an hour, that means the cost of everything else is well,
0: no, well, no. Wait, wait a minute. As much. Wait a minute. You you mean you don't just get paid fifteen dollars an hour and then everything else stays the same? I, I thought that that's right. how it was. Yeah, no, that's not how it
1: goes. Um, it's not. It effectively that would double the price of
2: everything.
0: You mean I if imagine. I get paid you mean if I get paid more money, just so I understand. So if I get paid more money, then you're telling me that the price of other things in society, they're going to go up too. the costs of goods and services are going to increase? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's actually exactly what I'm telling you. Uh, in fact, to give you an idea of why this is the case, a business uh, is paying a, shall we say, a, uh, someone restocking at a grocery store Let's say they're making minimum wage, though. I think you make a little more than that, but whatever.
0: Well, a lot of the stocking also goes on overnight, too, I might Mm -hmm. add. And overnight, you actually get paid more than you would get paid during the daylight hours. They're now required to pay $15 an hour for that, that individual.
1: They weren't actually making $15 an hour at the time. They're making more than minimum wage, but not $15 an hour. Now, the losses that grocery store would take on because of the $15 an hour is not cut into their profits no no they push that increase in price onto you the consumer by raising oh. the prices of those oh. products I see so they try to retain the same profit margins
0: and then charge you more so if if I say for example let's say I own a McDonald's franchise okay mm-hmm. Let, let's say I own a McDonald's franchise and I have I don't know uh, 15 employees okay 15 employees. Mm-hmm. And I start paying each one of those employees $15 an hour. You mean to tell me that because I pay them more money, that's going to affect my profits?
1: Yeah. So you you have two solutions right off the bat, right? Two easy solutions in that Uh scenario. Uh One, you double the price of all your products in this case, because $15 an hour is effectively uh, doubling the price of minimum wage. If you're flipping patties or, or you know, cooking up some fries or whatever at a fast food, you're probably making minimum wage. So that's going to double the prices of the product to pay for those employees, if you're going to retain the employees. However, you could have how many staff you have and still pay about the same prices but have less staff.
0: Actually, I'll tell you what I would do if I were a McDonald's franchise owner, which I'm not, or any franchise owner, for that matter, in the food service industry, where they typically pay minimum wage. And some places don't. Some places don't. Some places pay more than that. But those are usually the types of jobs. Just for example, here for reference, those are the types of jobs that actually start at minimum wage. Okay, if it were me, and quite frankly, I see this over here where I'm at all the time. The Germans have actually already done this. You walk into a McDonald's, Nine times out of 10, and you still see them in some places, but nine times out of 10, there are not employees there to take your order. There's a kiosk that's there that you walk up to. You t- It's very simple. You touch. The whole thing is this giant touchscreen, right? The, the whole thing is this giant touchscreen. You walk up to it. You touch the flag of the country you're from, and the entire menu pops up in your language so there's no confusion. And then you pick out what you want. Everything's a touchscreen. You add what you want, remove what you want, so on and so forth. And then it gives you a total. You put your card in or scan your card or put cash in. You can still do that in some of them. Or you scan your phone or however it is you pay and then it spits out a little ticket with a number on it. And then you take that ticket. When the number comes up at the counter, then you go up and you pick up your food and there's a person there to hand you your bag and your drink. And that's it. If it were me that were going to have to pay my employees $15 an hour, that's what I would do to cut costs to avoid raising prices, right? Because I'm going to have to retain the business of the customers if I want to stay in business. So you need to cut it from somewhere so you don't pass the increase on of 30 to 50% over to the consumer, which is what you would have to do if you wanted to remain profitable because of the wage increase. This is simple economics. This is introductory economics that a lot of these people just don't grasp. As I said, you're fighting for what they want you to fight for at the state level. You need to be fighting for a more free market system from your standpoint as the employee. So there can be more competition. So you can then have a rival company so they can offer more benefits or they can offer better pay or they can offer more vacation time or more stock options or whatever it is. But we're doing away with all of that. You're mandating all of that at the government level. You're mandating the uh,
1: the wage increases. You're mandating the uh, health insurance, which is a huge increase in expenditures, right, with the, the health care. Obamacare was not cheaper. It was not the Affordable Care Act, right? That That's not what it ended up being. It ended up being, you know, anywhere from two to six times more. And in some cases, 10 times more expensive, depending on your plan and, and what you're able to get now. And it stifled. The healthcare business or, or the insurance business, right? You don't have as many to choose from now compared to back when we took our first job. The, the type of health insurance you could get back then, you can't get that same coverage today for anywhere near the same doesn't price. Doesn't
0: exist. Doesn't exist. Yeah. It
1: literally doesn't so exist. It, w- w- that is one of the reasons that businesses are being stifled. Competition is being stifled because you're you're putting so much burden on the business to pay for these extra things that they don't need to pay for, or at least we should be able to have a, a, a market out there to uh, have competition and they keep stifling it. So you're going to, you're, you're ending up, we're turning more and more into a corporate fascist system. It, it's where the corporations get in bed with the government and stifle competition. They, they pass regulations and everything. Basically what we've seen over the last 20, 30 years or so. Well, at least in our lifetime, that's what's been going on. That's the norm we've been used to. It's only going to get worse. And if you continue down this road with the, the minimum wage increase, as Johnny was saying, you're going to see more kiosks pop up, And the the person back there that was doing the fries and the burgers, yeah, they're not gonna be doing the fries and burgers anymore, it's gonna be a robot.
0: Yeah, and that's that's precisely why you've seen a lot of the kiosks over here on this side of the pond. It's not just in Germany where they're doing that. They're also doing it in, uh, in France. They're doing it in Switzerland. They're doing it in Italy in these places. Not the actual like cafes, you know, street side cafes and places that are owned by people, nothing like that. But the corporate businesses such as McDonald's, Burger King, uh, Pizza Hut, these kind of places. If you go into these places, you'll see the kiosks. The reason is, is because the prices of these things have become so high because they actually have... Have the higher wages here. They have the higher wages because it's a different kind of job here. It's not an entry level job. You can actually make a career out of a McDonald's job over here or a Burger King job. You can literally go by the way that their business practices are here. It's completely different in a lot of respects. As Germans and Americans, we do business in similar practices. We really do. Our business structures are about the same. So we follow similar practices. But a lot of cases you'll find where the worker over here has more rights and has more opportunities to advance themselves. So if you go to work for, say, like a McDonald's or a Burger King, you can actually work your way up through the hierarchical system and make a living out of it. You can. You can go up through the management and get into like corporate part of it and all the rest of it. You can do that. But as a result, with that type of employment, also with the way that they have their security over here for their employees, you can't just get fired over here. It doesn't work like that. I mean, unless, of course, you steal something or you you pass away. (laughs) Obviously, that's a different thing. But the way that people are employed, that's my point. It's completely different. It's completely different. But as a result, comes higher pay, more vacation time. People here usually have around 30 days of paid vacation a year. For just about every company, part time, full time doesn't matter. They found that if you actually now think about this, they found that as a society that if you actually give people some paid time off to spend time with their family and with their loved ones, they actually are more happy and more productive in their job. Imagine that, right? Imagine that. What a novel concept, right? They've actually so,
1: uh, to that point, there's actually been research out there that it's, that said four days a week for a work week is actually the, the employees are more uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, productive. Productive. Thank you. Uh, the
0: employees are more productive than a five day work week or, or more. Mm-hmm. Like a full time work week here is, I think it's about the same as what it is in the US it's 37 and a half hours. That's actually a full time work week. It's not 40 hours, uh, though they can push it to that if the circumstances require it to be. But my point is, is that with all of these things that they offer employees over here, with all of the securities and all the opportunities that come with employment here, you also have to increase the pay for that employee. And as a result, what happens? That cost gets passed on to the consumer, right? So, in order for them to remain a profitable business, they have to cut corners somewhere. They started putting in all of these kiosks. Do you know how much it costs to go to a McDonald's over here? If you go to a McDonald's and you get, for example, like the Big Mac meal and the and the drink and all that stuff and the apple pie and and all the rest of it, it's going to cost you. It, you convert it to dollars, it's almost twenty bucks. It's ridiculous. It's almost twenty dollars. It's insane. So like that's, that's the actual cost that we're talking about here. So they pass that on to the consumer. And as a result of that, they don't have as much business because, well, first and foremost, no offense to you know, the average McDonald's worker, but McDonald's food isn't exactly food. You know, I haven't eaten there in years. And I think the last time I went there, I was in Cologne for something. And I went to, uh, I went to a McDonald's because there was literally, there was nothing else. There was nothing else. The hotel that I was at, I was staying in that hotel um, for two days and I got back to it late at night. And I mean, late at night. It was like, I want to say it was like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And there was nothing. Not only was there nothing where I was at, there was nothing open except for that. And so I had to go there, obviously. And I ended up getting like a uh, an apple pie and a milkshake, I think. I thought that was probably the most harmless thing I could have gotten. And I think that, just that, I still paid like almost $10 for that it, in US dollars. It, Euros, it was like, I want to say it was like $7.75 or, or 8 eight euros or something like that. And it converted to almost $10. It was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. You guys have, you guys have different food standards out there though, compared to here. Like the yes. food quality out there is going to be better inherently it is. than here it is certainly a lot better. I mean, when I first, when I first came here and I went to a Burger King, when I first came here, I went to Burger King and I thought, cause I thought, all right, I, I need a Whopper, right? I, I can't handle it. Right. I needed one. Cause I was still on the American diet, right? mm-hmm, <laughs> which mm-hmm. we're, we're stuck on like Big Macs and Whoppers and all the rest of it. And when I first came here, I'm like, all right, I need a Whopper. So I went to, I went to Burger King and I went through the drive through I, I ordered my Whopper and everything. And I went back uh, to my apartment and I, I unwrapped it and I thought, man, this, thing looks, it looks really good. And then I took my first bite and I thought, oh my God, where's this been all my life? So it's, <laughs> yes, the, the food quality standard is a, is a lot different. And by the way, for those wondering, the McRib is on the menu here 365 days a year. This is the only country in the world where they have it. They must really like their McRibs out there. It's a pork sandwich, Bruce. Germans, yeah, pork, They you must. Know, you got it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, fair. Yeah. The pork's a big part. Like that's a staple of like the German, German diet, right? Pork. Okay sausages yeah but yeah sausage come on man come on work with me bruce work with me yeah Yeah, but those are beef here yeah i, mean, I know they and they're chicken. not very good when i went back to the states about a year or two ago and i was like I, I they're like hey we're having bratwurst i'm like seriously fellas you know i came all the way over here and you're you're I was like i can get that stuff all the time I'm like oh yeah yeah well we're, we're grilling these i'm like okay so i bit into one and i I'll, i didn't want to be rude but i almost spit it back out i said i don't know what this is but this is not a bratwurst if that's what you want to call it that's fine yeah but anyway bratwurst are better than hot dogs i'll give you some true yeah all right i'll give you that All right. um, Anything else on the minimum wage? Yes. Minimum wage. Fifteen dollars an hour minimum wage. It does not work in America the way they're selling it to you. You're fighting for the wrong thing. Understand that you're fighting for the wrong thing. Think for yourself. That's what we've been championing here for three and a half years. Think for yourself. What is the right solution in your mind rather than the solution that they're giving you and pushing you towards? Think about it for yourself. Do you want all the things that you used to have in a part-time job in an entry-level job twenty years ago, like I described? Would you rather have that? Now, granted, I, I like to think that I didn't have the best of jobs, but for an entry-level job, that sounds pretty darn good. Yeah, sales and retail isn't the, exactly the, the the best job you
1: want to be in. You know, not now. That's that's exactly what it is. Is a, um entry-level,
0: in my opinion. Yeah, but. Uh, to to add the, just the perks, the perks I got, like you, you yeah, couldn't you have beat get it. get those anymore. No, it's not possible. Like, wh- mm. where did that go? That right there. Where yeah. did that go? People should be fighting for stuff like that, but it should be done demanding more out of the company through the use of deregulation of the market. That's how it should be. But the the problem is, is the the people that had those jobs that knew
1: that was a thing. They're all we're. we're they're doing other things now. Like we're not at entry level jobs anymore. So technically we may not see it. And if you don't have kids, you don't see it. You you know, you, you won't really see it as much. So maybe, maybe it's being lost if you will. I'm not there, so I don't have to worry about it kind of a thing. I don't know, but I, I know people have to be seeing it because if you get any kind of benefits, like, uh, if you get any kind of, um, insurance, you should be able to see the the price increase. If you've been in the workforce for you know six, eight years, you should be able to see the difference. But now, grocery shopping, you should be able to see the difference. True. I mean, it, any of those. And the thing is too, minimum wage should be at a state level, not a federal. We, we don't need a federal minimum wage. It needs to be based on state because a minimum wage here, a livable, we'll use livable wage, not even go minimum wage, right? A livable wage here in this state is going to be different than it is in California or New York, or even Ohio is going to be a little bit different, you know? So it really differs based on state and it should be a state level. It should be a state thing. And most states already have their minimum wage higher than the federal minimum wage anyway.
0: And you can actually go even further than that. You can break it down on a local level as well, because think about it. I think that New York City should have a different standard of a minimum wage than say somewhere in upstate, much Mm -hmm. different much different. Two completely different economies. Two completely different ones. Same thing when you have an economy such as like in Los Angeles versus someplace in uh, Marin County, for example, in northern, right uh, up north. So completely different, completely different. So you can adjust that at the local level. You can tweak it and do whatever you need to do with it in order to That's ensure how your be. business. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So take what the state, like the actual, not the, the federal, but take the state where it's decided at the state level and then adjust it to however your businesses operate in your local area. It's or
1: even a better, even even a better idea is just get the government the hell out of the way and let the, the business compete with other businesses.
0: But how dare you? How dare you say allow free market competition, Bruce? What's wrong with you? Yeah. We need the government to manage everything around here, right? That's what they that's that's literally what's happening here
1: is they're increasing the prices artificially by passing regulation and everything. And then they're saying, Oh, you need us to regulate it for you. And money they printing. created the problem. It, well, yeah, and, and printing. But they they created the problem. And they're it, as we've said, they're creating the problem and then acting like they had nothing to do with it. And then they're gonna
0: offer you a solution that enslaves you even more. And speaking of being enslaved, let's get on to these fourteen hundred dollar checks, huh? Yeah. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. The government's now gonna pay you. And they're gonna pay you even more. You've been out of work. If you're in the US, you've been out of work for a year. You deserve a little reprieve. Yeah, you deserve a little reprieve. They're gonna throw you fourteen hundred dollars for your time off. That's what they're gonna do. Fourteen hundred dollars. That's what you're gonna get.
1: Interesting idea on this one. Just just a random thought, because the constitution says that the government is required to give you some kind of compensation if they're taking your business away from you or property or whatever. They have to give you a fair wage or a fair price for that.
0: Well, it's Bruce, this is a significant amount.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So wouldn't a fair price be at least pay minimum wage for all those people that were out of work during that time? Shouldn't you pay them at least minimum wage?
0: But this is a significant amount. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that Mm -hmm. this is not a significant amount? I'm saying you should not have told
1: businesses to shut down.
0: $2,000 for being out of work for an entire year,
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: that's significant, isn't it? I mean, if it's 1960, uh, it is, but... Uh, yeah, that's about a 20th of what you would have made on welfare. Yeah, yeah, during that time. Okay, the good news is is that they passed that um that 1.9 trillion dollar uh, American rescue plan. They passed it. That's good news. Right? That's good news. Now, as I said, they didn't get that $15 an hour in, but you know they got the rest of it through, and that's fine because the National Endowment for the Arts, boy, they really need that money. They yeah. they need those billions mm-hmm. of dollars. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they need that. The Kennedy Art Center's been closed for uh, I don't, what almost a year, and the artists they haven't been able to show their exhibits, so they need help, right? They need help too. It's amazing. Oh. Every time there's an ex- every time there's a bill put through, spending trillions in taxpayer money, why is it the Kennedy Center? Always gets, uh-huh. why is it the National Endowment for the Arts always gets worked into that every single time? Yeah, it, it does seem like,
1: it, it does seem like that. Another side note on that one, uh, we're, we're seeing this with uh, conservative people that are, you know, in the art world. Um, good luck trying to get a showing there. I'm surprised.
0: Conservative. It, yeah, I'm surprised it took this long, to be fair. I, I'm just. True. Just That's saying. true. They've been doing the left-leaning art, art. Yeah, art's been woke for quite some time. It, it's been woke yeah. for quite some time. Yeah. Let's get into who's going to receive these checks, shall we? Yeah. this I mean, the universal basic income. That's what this is. That's the start of what this is. Individuals earning an adjusted gross income of up to $75,000 and married couples earning up to $150,000 will receive $1,400 each. Plus fourteen hundred dollars for each dependent. So each child you have. That means that an eligible family of four will receive five thousand six hundred dollars. It's a significant okay. amount. That's right? uh, significant. Amount. Yeah. Yeah. A month or two of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, or or really maybe. Especially if there's like a medical bill in there that might eat up through you know, everything in the well the months. That, that's true. Or a car needs serviced or something. Of course, you're not driving your car, really, because you're not going anywhere. So, you know, there's there's that.
1: But We did have that
0: cold snap here in the South. And if your car wasn't prepped, if if the fuel wasn't treated, and let's say you had a diesel vehicle, (laughs) good luck with that. (laughs) <laughs> well, we're actually going to talk a little bit about the uh, the incident there in Texas today. I got just a little thing on that. That's that's going to be interesting because the White House, the, the Climate Czar, she's come out. She's she's made some some statements on what the real problem was in Texas. So we'll, we'll get into that. But let's talk about the fourteen hundred dollars a month. Or excuse me, the fourteen. <laughs> that's what it'll be at some point. You know it. But uh, let, let's get into the uh, the fourteen hundred dollar stimulus checks that you're going to receive from President Biden. So uh, after those income thresholds. Okay, so the 75000 and the 150000 combined. Okay, so after that, these payments phase out. Well, what does that mean? Individuals earning an adjusted gross income over $100,000 per year and couples earning over $200,000 per year will not receive a check. Hmm. So it, it's wealth redistribution here. Well, Bruce, they are... Helping out families in need, you you can see that they're they're helping out families in need. And see, if if you make over a hundred thousand dollars a year, you're a rich person. You're a rich hmm. person. You you don't need that fourteen hundred dollars a month. And especially if you're a couple that makes hmm. over two hundred thousand dollars a year, then you certainly don't need that. You don't need that because it's not like you've been out of work, right? Too. Well, it's not like that, it's- or it's not like you own a business. Yeah. You know, and it's also like that's that, j- just on a side note. I, I'm sorry. Uh, one sec. Just on a side note that right there. I, I didn't even know that that was part of that uh, that stipulation in that bill. I didn't even know that. But let me explain something. They're making it sound like someone that has five dollars more than you is some rich person. That's ridiculous. That's a bold faced lie. Someone that has five to ten million dollars in the bank. Would that person receive any kind of uh, help from the uh, from from the government here? Would they receive any kind of help? The answer is no. The answer is no, and let me explain why they would not. The reason they would not is because they're part of the problem in the government's eyes. They're a small business owner. They have a house, a couple of cars, and a swimming pool on the golf course, and they employ 15 to 20 people. That, in the eyes of the government, is some rich person. It's disgusting. But what if they have that five or 10 million in the bank and they didn't make any money last year? They have no income. Well, yeah, they have no income, but nonetheless, technically, they would be they would get paid. Yeah, but they're going to make money on that. Yeah, they're going to collect off interest anyway. So if they're going to have yeah. five to 10 million, they're going to have investment somewhere and they're going to make. So yeah. it's, not, it's not going yeah. to matter. Yeah. Fair point. Uh,
1: the other thing in this is $100,000, $100,000 in New York City. It's a lot of money, right? No, you're hand to mouth. Yeah. So if you're just handing these out, uh, God, this is very much a left agenda and, and how they're doing this. And it's, it's wealth redistribution, but it's a, it's on a smaller scale, if you will. No, actually that's not even, they shut down all the businesses and the people that usually make more money are like business owners or, so they're out of money now, or the businesses shut down. I mean, there's thousands of businesses in like New York, for example, that are shut down and not coming back. Um, So they're, they, they solved that problem. They got rid of those wealthy. You had these other states that didn't shut down, which are the problem, and they're going after them politically speaking right now. Currently, of course, they're also threatening some kind of legal action, if you will, wanting to investigate them. So no, I, I don't, I don't like it. The problem. This is this is where I'm, I'm I have an issue. The Republicans should have stood up in the very beginning and said, no, we're not shutting down. That should have been the stance they took in the very beginning. Because they didn't, now constitutionally, because the government said you can't work and basically took your business away from you, now they owe you compensation, constitutionally speaking. So they have to pay you a fair price as to what you would have made over that time you were shut down. And that will, I mean, the country's already bankrupt, but that's going to like, the amount of money that we're out these businesses uh, the 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 1.9 trillion that won't even cover a portion of it what is it what our gdp is what 24 trillion i believe 24 25 trillion somewhere 22. In there 22 okay 22 so if you had let's just say a quarter of that a quarter of those businesses were shut down right and so you're instead of saying you're you're 22 trillion let's say it's you know like 15 trillion or so the government can't afford that We're already 27, almost $28 trillion in the hole. How are they going to pay for those, a fair price for those? You You can't. Those businesses are done they're not going to get the money back.
0: It's the same problem they're running into over here. It's like the government told everyone to shut down and they said, don't worry. It was the same plan, right? It was the the same con job all the way across the West. Close your business. We'll have stacks of cash available for all of the businesses. It was the same line, right? Or excuse me, it was the same lie. Let me put it that way. All the way across the board. You have corporations over here, small Small corporations, you know, like the limited liability corporations. You have the small LLCs that are still, you know, a hundred million dollar a year business. And they were told, close your business. They're still closed. They're still closed. Everyone was told here to close on November first. Yeah. 48 hours before the election. Uh-huh. And they never mm-hmm. reopened. And now everyone's sitting here wondering, why are we not open? Everyone's been lied to. And when they ask, Well, why are we not open? Oh, uh, it's not safe to reopen. Okay, why? The hospitals are empty. People aren't falling over dead. What's the problem? Why are you, why are you not open? I'll answer it for you. It's because the people haven't stood up and opened. Yeah, that's that's why it. you're not reopening. That's just it. That's And that's that's the argument that I was making, I think it was on Friday, when I said, if you're a small business, what are you doing? What on earth are you doing? I don't care if you're hundred million dollars, a hundred million euros, a hundred million pounds. I don't care if you're in the UK. I don't care if you're in Italy, the Netherlands, Germany, France. I don't care. Open your business. This is a war against small business. This is economic warfare. Open your business. The people will go to your business. I went out today, but case in point, I went out today. I saw thousands of people. I saw thousands of people, not in their cars. Well, I saw that, too. But outside, some people were wearing masks. Others weren't. And you know what? I went through a roundabout, you know, those little things you drive around. Right. For those in the U.S. that don't see them that often. Right. I understand. I went through They're one of these here. Yeah, they are dangerous. Americans <laughs> pull up the roundabouts and they just stop. It's like, you not. that's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm going through a roundabout, and there is a group of women, about 15 of them, that are standing there talking in a group. And I thought, well, my God, the first thing that went through my mind was, well, that's illegal. (laughs) That was was the first (laughs) thing that went through my mind was that. And I thought, okay. And you saw all kinds of people out riding bikes, running, standing around, talking, walking their dogs, and all the rest of it. Nice day here today. And I thought, okay, well, here's a group of women, and maybe about half of them, less than half, maybe were, maybe a third of them, were wearing masks in the group. The others weren't. They weren't doing anything. They weren't uh, sightseeing, trying to figure out what they were trying to do. They were just standing there talking, laughing, carrying on. And then I thought, okay, I'm just waiting for a police officer to come out and break this up, right? They were standing out in front of a police station doing that. People don't care. So let me ask you a question. In history, how many times did, you know, back in like
1: the feudal times... How many peasants actually stood up against the nobles and revolted? Not very many. That's why I think we're going to continue down this road and not... Yeah. It's, we're not going to get out of this. We're we, going to we fall will. back into a dark age.
0: Well, we will until people finally just had enough of it. See, people haven't been hurt bad enough yet. They think that, well, okay, th- now the government's going to let off on it. It just means they're going to come back on it again later, but they're going to take two or three more links out of that chain. So you'll have even less freedom and then less, and then they'll let off of it again and then less, and then they'll let off of it again and then less until eventually you've got nothing. You've got nothing. That's what it'll be. Yeah. But th- think, about it, think about it like this. New Zealand. Okay, New Zealand. Well, New Zealand was praising, oh, we don't have any more covid cases and we're opening up and here's the prime minister and she's out at a beach party and there's nobody wearing masks and everyone's having a good time. Guess what? Guess what? New Zealand's going back into another lockdown nationally. They had
1: three cases. Yeah.
0: So see, successive approximation. And by that, it means they will apply pressure. And then when you finally get to your breaking point, they'll let off of it. But they won't let off of it completely. And then they'll come back to it again later. And they'll clamp down on it even harder. And then they'll let off of it. And then they'll clamp down on it even harder the next time. Until eventually, society will just clonk out. That's what it'll do. Civilization will just clonk out. That's what they're hoping for. But the thing is, is if people can somehow see through this, which let, let's be honest, the vaccines aren't working. Who in their right mind is going to take a vaccine right now? Who's going to do that? You're seeing headlines of no, there are st- there's going to be plenty of rubes. Believe me. Believe me. I, I, I saw one today and I thought, oh, my God, I, I saw one giving an interview today and I thought, oh, geez, that's just that's terrible. Complete, complete sheep, right? Complete sheep. But I saw hundreds of people today, hundreds of people playing pickup soccer games, right? Football games, if you're from uh, this side of the, the pond. And not only were the people, I'm not talking about teams, I'm just talking about people, pickup soccer, right? Just like you play pickup basketball, whoever decides to show up and wants to play. And more than that, I saw people from the community standing around, around in in huddles, watching, right? H- huddling the game or on the, on the outsides, watching the game. And everyone was having a good time. You see, there's not something here that they can continue to grasp onto. I'm talking about the power structure. They can't keep with it. They have to shift somehow and they need to shift fast. But the European leaders have said, well, we're we're going to have to do these uh, these vaccine passports. OK, well, that just means that you're going to come out of this lockdown. If you're on the EU side of things, you're going to come out of this lockdown. And you're going to think, OK, well, I'm not going to do X, Y and Z. So I'm not going to need one of those until it's the next time. Right. The next time it'll be more and then more and then more. Let's say that they just do it for airlines now. Right. That seems to be what the target is at the moment. Right. Right. Vaccines for airlines, right? Vaccine for airline travel. You say, okay, well, that's okay because I'm not going to fly anywhere as long as they have that in place. So I'm not going to fight back against that. Okay, fair point. You get that one. However, when you go into the next lockdown and don't think there won't be another one, when you go into the next lockdown, then they'll come out of that and say, well, uh, because it got so bad, we're going to have to do this for other places, such as supermarkets. Can't buy any food until you have a vaccine. Oh, that's where it goes. you You could be like Israel. Israel says you can't
1: go to the gym, you can't go to the pool, you can't go out to the restaurant, oh, yeah. yeah, you can't yeah. travel, any of that, until you've had a vaccine. And to your point, asking about how many people will take the vaccine, here in the U.S., so far, um, this, this article is a couple hours old. So far, there's been 75.2 million doses
0: given in the U.S. I don't believe that. I I don't believe that. Don't get me wrong. I believe that the numbers are high, but I don't believe they're that high. And the reason I don't believe that they're that high, these are the same people. These are the same media outlets. These are the same public health officials that have been telling us that the COVID cases are off the charts. The hospitalizations are off the charts. The deaths are off the charts and all the rest of it. So why wouldn't they say that the vaccine takers are that high? In fact, I don't think that they actually are. Like I said, I know that out in LA, Dodger Stadium has been turned into a vaccine center. They've got nine rows of road cones out there roped off for people to drive into, and there was no one there. I understand that there are a lot of people that are going, don't get me wrong, but are they to the numbers that they say? No. For example, here, they say, Oh, the the AstraZeneca vaccine is having such great success, right? Oh, sounds good as a barn burner headline. Sounds good. But yet they have frontline medical workers and uh, people that are in government that are saying, no, don't take it. We're not going to. We have no evidence that it actually, that it even works. They have a stockpile of a couple of million doses that are going unused because people don't want it. So I don't believe it. I don't believe it because these are the same people that have been lying to us up to this point. So I don't buy it. I don't buy it.
1: Well, this is... This is data from the CDC directly, so you know government organization, so there you okay. Go. Less reason now, to trust it.
0: Now there is an organization right there that has not told the truth. I don't think a single day in any of this. Yep.
1: According to their website, ninety-six million have been doses have been distributed, and seventy-five minute uh, seventy-five million of them have been administered.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and by the way, I, I also heard out of this this reporter from the New York Times today. There hasn't been a single person with an hospitalization. Or died after receiving a COVID vaccine. That's that's incredible. How a is new York not a Times, lawsuit? A New York Times reporter said that on Bill Maher. I've got the clip. Shall I play it? Yeah, let's hear it. Because uh,
1: this should have resulted in a lawsuit. They've uh,
2: they, in in five weeks' time. By the end of March, we'll probably have vaccinated 150 million people. Um, so, is that the wrong approach to to say? uh, let it, Because otherwise, I think people go, oh, you know, what's the point of even trying if we're always going to be living with it? Fauci, such a downer, you know? We're, we're masks forever. I don't want to wear a mask forever. That's not healthy either, by the way, wearing a mask. I guess we have to do it. But breathing your stale air, not healthy. Not healthy. So I, I want to be, yeah, I don't want to wear a mask forever. So I've been right in the most pessimistic columns for a year. If you go back a couple of weeks, <laughs> yeah. you can see this piece I did on the strains in the New York Times about how these were gonna be, this gonna be potentially a period of hell before the vaccines come. <clears throat> I think people are, are afraid to be caught wrong, optimistic, but I am right. feeling more optimistic and for three reasons. One, when I wrote that, um, when these strains were exploding in the UK, in Portugal, in Denmark, in South Africa, you looked at the numbers like, oh my God, like between here and the vaccines is gonna be just a period of unbelievable death and destruction. And now the strains are under control. Like, they could, they, we could be wrong in three weeks. Things change. Like, if the facts change, I'll change my mind. But they're down in the UK. They're down in Portugal. They're down in South Africa, which is not vaccinating at heavy rates. Meanwhile, the vaccines are unbelievably effective in the um, uh, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson Johnson and AstraZeneca Oxford trials. Not one single person was hospitalized or died. Not one single person. Those are extraordinary vaccines. And America, having done like everything wrong for a year. We did a terrible job on a lot of stuff for a year. We actually have the best vaccination program of any major country, save maybe the UK in the world. we could really be in an extraordinarily better place in 60 days. There are always things could, that could go wrong, but we are getting to a place where, if we get enough of 65 and over folks vaccinated, which is happening real quick, and people with comorbidities, the level of risk, you know, in 60 days, 100 days by summer, can be pretty acceptable. It's not going to go to zero, like we keep, there are diseases in and the we world we live ex- with, and risk, we can't expect, but it can it go to. to something where you right. can have a normal life again. And that's why, right. I like, get vaccinated. The supplies are. You, to open you up, can't vaccinate people cannot expect numbers to ever go to zero with anything no there will be this life's it's a rough game like a flu, potentially life's a rough game uh, it and, is and, none and, of us gets out of it alive
0: no it doesn't sound like he's being paid to tow a specific line or anything does it no of course
1: not no we we went through a year of not doing anything right, right. Uh, you had to throw trump on the actually bus. actually no i i don't i don't disagree with him there because trump was saying open it up in april right and yeah, I'll go with that. I'll Trump go with that. Trump was right. We should have opened up a year ago. And instead, we had Fauci and Burks going around touting their cult of the mask and, yeah. uh, you know, shutdowns. And now here we are. Businesses are shut down. Uh, people are out of work. You're having to have the government pay for you, uh, you know, pay that paltry $1,400. And then saying the strains are under control. And which country was it that he was saying that they had the strain under control and yet they aren't vaccinating? South Africa. wait, wait. How did they get the how did they get the strains under control and not vaccinate? See, we were sitting here told that we would never get it under control until we had an actual vaccine and they're getting it under control without a vaccine. Huh? Makes me wonder.
0: Maybe, maybe exercise exercise, Yeah. And yeah. exercise and vitamins and diet, and nutrition and all that stuff. That's no there, there's no evidence to support any of that, that that works.
1: Mm, no. Mm hmm. No, and and what, what what was that about hydroxychloroquine? How it was such an evil drug, and then oh, what what's that? All of a sudden, it's now a good thing that it actually does work against COVID nineteen, and it does actually reduce the number of hospitalizations and and symptoms and whatnot, and it's actually a prophylactic as well. South Africa, I mean, they don't they have that over the counter down there, and they kind they of do, and but uh, huh. Interesting. Some of the stuff he's saying there contradicts, if you really listen to what he's saying, they contradict one another. All of those things can't be true at the same time. We're not getting the strains under control because of the vaccine, but... How did we have 300,000 deaths and then all of a sudden now we're down to 50,000 or, or cases? I, it was it cases or deaths? He said 300,000.
0: Yeah, cases. cases. Well, we had 300,000 deaths. And of course, we had, yeah, and then, now we're yeah, down to cases, 50,000 a day or whatever it is. But yeah, how, how, he, how
1: can those both be true in, in a week's time?
0: Well, they can't. And then the fact that he, the mere fact that he even said it, like the shock value to me was when he said there's been no cases of, uh, of hospitalizations or death. Really? That was the other thing. Yeah. Wow. With,
1: with no hospitalizations to death. And the thing is, is even in the trials, we've talked about that. The trials, they had people that had to be hospitalized and they and there were some that guests. died. Yeah. So that, that was a lie right off the bat. And then we've also seen uh, numerous people, you know, healthcare workers and just, you know, elderly or even just the average person that has either been hospitalized or died from the vaccine. So <laughs> however you paint it. He lied to you there, no matter yeah. what he was talking
0: about. There was a nursing home here in, uh, in Germany, at Lake Constance, where they went in, they vaccinated the entire nursing home and a third of the patients the next day, a third of the patients died the next day. Wh- what would you attribute that to? What What else? What logical conclusion would you come to when you see something like that happen? What logical conclusion would you have? I would conclude that um, the vaccines did exactly as Bill Gates said they should. Yeah, yeah. They're going to get one
1: of those numbers to zero.
0: Yeah, they're going to get one of those numbers to zero. That's right. Okay. speaking of getting one of those numbers to zero, let's talk about Texas. Yeah, let's talk about Texas. The, The problem they had in Texas with the power grid failing... Mm-hmm. OK, mm-hmm. one of those numbers has to go to zero. So why not start with CO2, right? Your emissions have to go to zero down there. Bruce, that state that's just down below you there by a couple of hours, <laughs> they got to get those numbers down, right? They, they got to get those numbers down. The White House climate czar faults Texas for failing to connect to the national power grid. Uh-huh. Yes. OK. Now, do you remember okay. Do you remember when they said the Department of Energy told ERCOT, who told the state of Texas. We won't allow you to increase your energy output through the use of fossil fuels because of CO2 emissions unless you buy it from other sources outside of the state at $8,000 a kilowatt. Do you remember that? We talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Texas
1: was and hopefully still remains completely self-sufficient when it comes to energy. Uh, Hopefully Abbott finds his cojones and um, sticks with that, and maybe I don't know. Remove some of the regulations. Perhaps you should sit down and look over your green initiatives that you've been um, following. Maybe, maybe you should have increased your coal and gas power production at a steady level. They've had an increase of about twenty to twenty five percent power consumption over the last few years. And that's because of the people immigrating there from places like California. The the refugees coming out of those um horrible conditions there in California. Obviously I'm being facetious and yet it's not at the same time.
0: Yeah, I was gonna uh, say it's it's not it's not facetious at the same time. They really are economic refugees. Yeah. <laughs> really they yeah, are. Yeah.
1: So uh, they've they've had an increase in power, and at the same time, they've been shifting from gas and coal to solar and wind, and those are unreliable. Uh, it's something like overall, I'm, I'm wanting to say like overall, it was uh, 12% of the, the power supply, which by the way, that 12% is 30% of the green energy's maximum capacity, if that makes sense. So the, the green energy there, only 30% of it is... Well, you you only get about 30 percent of it from the green energy when you average it out over the year because of the days that's cloudy, the days that, you know, during night when there's no wind, you know, all those kind of things uh, or they just freeze over. In this case, you only get about 30 percent of the power. So uh, 30 percent of the power capacity.
0: So, by the way, they also say that that they also estimate that it takes roughly 20 years, 20 years for a windmill right? For one of these, these wind windmills that they put up, it takes roughly 20 years for that thing to pay for itself. Just yeah. on a side note. Yeah. And the
1: electricity itself is not
0: cheap because the the, the amount of overhead and maintenance and
1: all that that's involved with it. it, it takes a lot more work to keep it up and running. And then if it happens to freeze over, you have to use petroleum based products to, um,
0: you know, unfreeze it. Yeah. But well, the, uh, the White House uh, climate advisor, Gina McCarthy. She harshly mm-hmm. criticized officials in Texas for failing to properly protect their residents from power outages in the face of last week's catastrophic winter storm. Uh, I'm sorry, lady, are you mentioning the Department of Energy here at all in that that order that we went over here last week? Are, are you mentioning that at all? I don't think so. No, you're not. Abbott's um, not going to point that out, though. He doesn't no, have the He doesn't no. have the balls to stand up. Oh, and say no, it. he doesn't. No, he doesn't. She is quoted by saying the following. You know, now's not the time for me to be pointing fingers. That's a hell of a way to start a statement, lady. But uh, clearly if now's
1: not the time, then you shouldn't be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bruce, you sound like you're a little upset. <laughs> just just a little bit.
1: Oh, if I was the governor, I would stand up and I would be like, You know what? You're right. So we're gonna get rid of that green energy, and in fact, we're gonna increase the amount of coal and gas that we burn by thirty percent.
0: Oh, by the way, we're going to drill for new oil. Yeah, by the way.
1: Oh, and we're also going to continue building the pipeline as well. We're going to head that up. You you know,
0: you know that it was an old Joe that canceled that, right? You know, that was G that canceled that. Yeah, you know, you know that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She said, now's not the time for me to be pointing fingers, but clearly the United States has always done better when it's worked together and relied on one another. You see, they're playing on your uh, your your goodwill towards your fellow countrymen. There's what they're doing. And I thought Texas might have a real opportunity and probably ought to think about making sure that they join with their neighbors. You see how they do this? Oh, she's good in an interstate grid system that allows them flexibility and that helps them. See, they just want to help. And that helps them and helps their neighbors when the time comes.
1: Yeah. Okay. So sure. Let's create a power grid that only the South has access to. You want to be a red state? You can hook into this power grid as well. How about we do that instead? Since you're wanting to do these double market things, why don't we do that? Why do we have just a conservative market, a conservative power grid for the, the, the red states? If you want to go down this road there, czar, which why do we have Russian terms for some of our positions? I have no idea. Yeah, That's but- funny.
0: But here's the thing, though. What she's talking about. She wants there to be like that grid in the surrounding states. Like She mentions Oklahoma and Louisiana here saying that you guys were hit hard by the storm, but you didn't lose the types of power outages that Texas had because they, quote, were able to rely on each other. But see what they really want, what they really want, they want you to hook into another conglomerate outside of the state that they can charge you a premium for. That's what they want you to do or have direct control of as the federal government. See, what they
1: also failed to mention there is Oklahoma did have power outages. Uh, in fact, the the city that I live in had rolling power outages. So your power your power would be brought offline intentionally for forty five minutes to an hour every hour or two. So you know, you would have like an hour or two that you would have power, then they would shut
0: off your power for forty five minutes to lessen the burden on the on the network. President Biden visited Texas on Friday to survey the damage? Oh, yes, because he was, what was he down there in a Bill Clinton bomber jacket surveying the damage with a mask on with his aviators? Was he down there doing that? I didn't even see a photo op for that, did you? I didn't either. I haven't seen a photo op for that one. I, I don't, I'm, I'm, hold on. I, I'm, I don't remember. Hold on. No, that that's, that's interesting. That's interesting because if he would have gone there, obviously he would have gone on Air Force One, right? That's what the president flies on. Correct. The presidential jet, Air Force One. The media would have made a big spectacle out of that. And they didn't. Why not?
1: Yeah. So I'm not seeing many photos on it. This happened, what was this, yesterday? They
0: say that he went down on Friday.
1: Not really sure what damages you're going to see because
0: that it's already done and like well, it says that he was, uh, I mean, they're showing him here taking a uh, a photo op with uh, with Greg Abbott. And what are you going to do to help
1: Texas uh, recover their President? Yeah.
0: Well, he said that uh, we will be true partners to help you recover and rebuild from the storms and this pandemic and the economic crisis. We're in it for the long haul. That, that's what he said. Oh, that's great leadership right there. Just like
1: the bill you passed for the COVID relief stuff, where um, states got funding for the COVID relief. Uh, do you know what states got? the covid relief by the way uh the blue ones yeah the blue ones yeah the red ones didn't get because
0: they yeah because the red ones actually stayed open for the most part i mean they did limited shutdowns and the blue states closed and ruined their economies so now they need to bail out oh yeah
1: i i seem to remember the left i hear this a lot on the left say that it's actually the blue states that pay for the red states huh kind of defeated your
0: narrative just like just with one bill you know, I had a, I had a friend of mine in Boston. He actually told me this. It, now, he and I he and I are good friends, but polar opposites when it comes to politics. And, you know, I, I hate the left-right stuff. I, I really, I can't stand it, right? I mean, we're, we're really, truly people in the middle around here. We hate playing party politics and, and biased points and all the rest of it. I, I just want my Bill of Rights. I want my Constitution. I want we the people, my Second Amendment, my private property, and leave me the hell alone. That's it. That's it. Let me run my business and, and just leave me alone. It's that simple. Right, That's not this. as... That's not asking a whole lot, right? And you know what? A lot of people in this world want exactly that. Exactly what I just said. Albeit there's a couple of things in there maybe they don't want, like the Second Amendment. Okay, fine. We can disagree on that. But most people just want to be left alone, run their business, and live their life, right? That's that's it. That's it. But these people aren't going to do that. The, The way things are going, though, I don't know that I can... It's difficult for me to take that stance
1: anymore. If you're not for the, the, the first, second, if you're not for the Bill of Rights, if you're not for the, the Declaration, if you're not for the Constitution, I don't know that we can be friends. I might, I'll, I'll treat you civilly, but the, the way things are going now, it's kind of like, if you're not willing to stand for those things, then we don't have anything in common.
0: Well, yeah, and, and I, I get what you're saying, uh, but back, back to the point that let me circle back uh, back back <laughs> to the point. With the uh, the friend of mine in Boston, and he he said, you know what? He told me this last year. He says, "Oh, these red states, man, they just they don't know what they're doing. They have no idea." And again, I hate playing politics. I, I can't stand it. I don't like the side, you know, the choosing of sides. I don't, I don't like that because you can't come together and unify on real problems. But. In this case, he says, oh, yes, the red states. Yes, they're in trouble. They don't know what they're doing. They're making a mess out of this whole thing. The blue states we're doing just fine. Well, you need a bailout now, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you're doing fine. Uh, Joe Biden, when he was in Texas, also made the following statement because he was at the, vaccin- the mass vaccination hub there in, uh, in Houston. He's trying to encourage people to get the COVID-19 vaccines. This is why I say the numbers aren't where they say they are. This is what Biden said. The vaccines are safe. I promise you, they are safe and effective. Now, when you have the so-called leader of the free world coming out and saying the vaccines are safe, I promise you, that means you stay the hell away from those damn things. That's what that yep. means. Any, you, well, anybody, anybody that says, trust me or trust yeah. this or, or yeah. stay the hell. Uh, away from that. It's like uh. Merkel. Oh, uh, yeah, we've we've got vaccines here and we're going to make you take these things if you want to go anywhere. Are you going to take one, uh, Chancellor? Oh, no, no, I, I can't, no, I can't. I can't do that. No. Same thing with the health minister. Oh, I'd take one of these things if I could today. Oh, really? Do do you want to take one today? Well, no, I can't. I can't. I mean, I would if I could, but there's other more important people out there besides me that that need to take them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You're forcing that on everybody. And yet you're not willing to. Yeah. The hypocrisy and all that, that. Man, that's real. That's real. All right. We're out of time. Fascinating conversation, as always. Thank you for being here. I wanted to get into some other stuff. I wanted to talk about the World Economic Forum and how unpopular those jokers actually are down there in Davos, Switzerland. I wanted to talk about that. Uh, I wanted to talk about dear old Klaus because he... He's put a new video out, but we're just going to have to wait and do that tomorrow, unfortunately. So we are promoting our Telegram channel. We are not promoting our Parlor channel at the moment, but we're promoting our Telegram channel. We know that podcasting censorship is coming in the coming days. And so we're taking steps now to build an alternative platform where we can continue to push content to you. So for those of you who have not If you have not signed up to Telegram yet, you're really wasting time. Get over to Telegram. Get signed up for it. Search for us when you get there. Search for Dynamic Independence. We're a public channel. We will pop right up. Join our channel. You'll get all of our podcasts we put out here every day, and you will also get an exclusive podcast that we put out once a week only to our Telegram subscribers. So get signed up to us over there. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known as associates. We are trying to grow here as much as possible, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're a rating podcast, if you give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars to be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, Bruce, that will do it for today. Thank you for being here. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.